This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 177, Human Design 101. Are you craving to understand yourself on a deeper level, to manage your energy, or to feel like you can navigate life with more ease? If so, then today's episode is for you. In this episode, we're diving into the fascinating world of human design, a system that can help you understand yourself on a deeper level and unlock your unique gifts and talents. Whether you're new to human design or just curious about it, we'll cover everything you need to know from what it is, how it works, how to read your own chart and integrate the knowledge from it into your life. For today's episode, I sat down with Emma Dunwoody. Emma is a qualified master coach and human behavioral specialist who wakes people up to the power within them using transformational human design. Her vision is to take human design mainstream so it becomes more widely accepted, even more than other global profiling, behavioral, and healing systems. She believes it will transform personal development, education, and business forever, and in turn create a population that values themselves and courageously lives their truth, which will deliver to us a new paradigm of peace, joy, and abundance. If this episode helps you or inspires you in any way, share it and help someone else on their healing journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find the episode or the podcast in general or share one of your takeaways on social media. I really love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and share it in the story with something you've learned, make sure you tag at on and off your mat podcast. All right, if you're ready to discover your true potential and live your best life, let's get to today's episode with Emma. Hi, Emma. Hey, how are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. I'm excited too. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your personal journey of like, how did you get here today and why are you so interested in human design? Yeah, wow. So I'll give you the edited version because it is 20 years in the making. But yeah, 20 years ago at my Saturn return, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder, which sent me on a trajectory because the diagnosis I was given, I was like, no, it's not an option. I'm not going to live with this for the rest of my life. So that sent me on this incredible journey of understanding the brain, human behavior, you know, the science of happiness, diving into things like NLP, quantum physics. I moved from the advertising industry out into training as a master coach, creating my own business. And I'd say, I think it was 2018, I actually was at this point where I had healed my mental health, I'd healed my marriage, I'd, you know, changed my life in so many ways. I had this new business and I still felt like there was something missing. Like I just shouldn't I feel better than this after how mm. far I've come. And that was a time in my life where I was literally so frustrated because I knew I was heading in the right direction, but there was this piece that was missing. And I went off and I, I walked a, a pilgrimage that's called the Camino de Santiago, which is an 800 mm -hmm. kilometer walk. And it changed my life. And my intention was to really understand with great clarity my purpose, like why am I here on planet Earth? And I got to the end of that Camino and I feel like I had so much of that answer, but there was still something missing. And I said to the universe, okay, you really need to be obvious about this. Like you need to smack me across the face. You need to like be very clear. About that was this, a dangerous this. wish. Yeah. And as I like arrived back home in Australia, 
something that I'd looked at a number of times put down, human design, literally came from all directions. Everyone was asking me about it. Everyone was telling me about it. And in that moment, in that short period of time, I actually reached out to try and find if there was anyone in Australia that actually taught human design or did human design. And there was this incredible mentor that lived like one suburb away. And I'm like, all right. So it's this freaking human design thing. Then I suppose what really happened was because I'd made this promise to the universe that if you just show me what it is, I promise I'll commit to it. I had to commit to my human design experiment. And everything changed at that point. Once I committed to running my human design experiment, everything changed. And literally my business took off. I had an insight in the shower one night about changing the name of my podcast. I followed my strategy and authority. And then before I knew it, I had this, you know, globally massive podcast and this business that was growing. And all I was doing was following my design. So yeah, it's fair to say it's been a massive impact for me and for someone who'd done performance coaching and personal development and spiritual development, all of these things for so many years, it was just the thing that changed my world. Mm, Wow. So as it became like that little piece that was missing, can you point exactly what changed or like what finally clicked? Absolutely. I stopped trying to be someone I thought I should be and I started being Mm. me. You know, that was the fundamental thing. So simple. Was, yeah. And, and again, that's part of my design. It's part of my core talent is to simplify. And that was really it. Like I, I stopped looking external of myself for who I was meant to be. And I started listening. Amazing. So for people that don't know much about human design, maybe they've gotten their chart, you know, free online somewhere. Can you explain what it is and how it works? Yeah, sure. So it's like any of these behavioral or personality profiling tools that we use, like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or DISC or, you know, there's so many of them out there. But every single one of them, the way we get that profile is we answer a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. So we actually are using the mind to get this profile. And yes, we're using the subconscious mind, depending on the facilitator. If they're a great facilitator, it's it's going to be more accurate. Exactly. However, human design, the mind doesn't get involved. This is actually a reading that is taken at the time that you're born. So it's really similar to like your astrology, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that can sound really woo-woo, I know, to a lot of people. However, it's just like a mathematical mathematical equation. And then once you have that and you, you have your chart, what you actually have is your energetic blueprint. So how your energy is designed to move through the world. Because ultimately, Human design simply is about getting out of the head and into the body, minimizing resistance, increasing flow, and starting to listen to yourself and the universe as the ultimate authority, not some sort of authority external of you. So yeah, it's really this blueprint of your energy, your superpowers, your purpose, the themes and lessons that you're here to learn. Like everything about you energetically is in this blueprint. Wow. So there is something in common with astrology, but there's also a lot of things that are very different from it. So what makes it different? If people are like, well, I already know kind of my signs and my astrology and that, why would I go and get more information from human design? Although the way you're putting it, like all that energy base is not necessarily in astrology, but I feel like there's other differences that may be. Yeah. Yeah. So astrology is actually part of human design because it's the synthesis of four ancient wisdoms and, you know, modern science. And astrology is part of that. And 
the specific difference, like I've never been overly drawn to astrology. Like I kind of knew what my sun sign was and more recently I get my moon and my rising sign, but it never really felt like it resonated with me. It was kind of like, yeah, but it was a bit wishy-washy. There was kind of like, yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it Mm. doesn't. I'm a Piscean sun sign and a Cancerian rising sign. So it's all water and emotion. Yet, like I am equal masculine as I am feminine. So a lot of that just didn't gel for me. And I just didn't feel like that it got me, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The difference with human design, and I do want to say it's not taking away from astrology. Like I know a lot of great astrologers, but with human design, it's like it gives you the skeleton almost of who you are. You still need to bring it to life. But with astrology, it's very determined on the practitioner, the astrologer that you're working with Mm. or your own knowledge and how you synthesize the houses and the signs and all the different pieces. Whereas with human design, there are so many more levels and layers and details so that it kind of like brings it down into a much more finite you know, theme or superpower or attribute. It's just a lot more detailed. There's a lot more structure to it. It's a lot more almost masculine, if you like. It's a very structured process that Mm. is this tool that gives you access to how to be in your power, how to express your superpowers, how to fulfill your purpose. It's kind of that structure that gets you to that point. It's interesting because as you say it, I agree, it's a more masculine container to kind of allow you to be more feminine, where astrology feels more feminine in its nature. And I think that that's the challenge, you know, and it's the challenge with astrology is it's got gray edges, which is very feminine. You know, one of the best explanations I've heard was Richard Rudd being interviewed by someone who Richard Rudd has done the gene keys. And they were talking about how human design is the masculine and the gene keys is the feminine. You know, the human design is the skeleton. The gene keys is the meat on the bones. You know, Mm, it's mm -hmm. the more fleshy part. So human design just gives us a lot more clarity of the answers that we're all searching for. So let's say someone went online, they put their information and they have that map that comes up, right? That image representation of those energy system and the, the way they are design, it can seem kind of complicated at first. So can we go over like what information they can start to pick from there and what it means or what it can tell us? Yeah. So human design is super complicated. There's so many layers to it and there's layers upon layers upon layers. You know, it's part of like, it's all about that fractal as well. You know, like the more you dive down, the more there is to find. So the first thing I always say is like, don't get overwhelmed. It is complicated. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of information. So just keep it as simple as possible. First, you want to understand what your type is. There's plenty of places that you can find out what your type is, at least your chart. So you can get a free chart. You can get a free chart on my website. Then you can find out about your type. And we've got a manifester, a manifesting generator, a generator, a projector, and a reflector. So there's only five types mm-hmm. and everyone falls into one of those five types. Once you've got your type, you're going to understand what your strategy is. This is really, really important because it's how the universe communicates to you. The next step is you want to understand your authority. So that's your internal decision-making 
superpower, if you like. So this is when you start making decisions with the body, you move away from the mind, from the analysis, the questioning, the should I, shouldn't I, let me just work it out. It's actually moving back into the body and saying, okay, well, this is what I'm getting, the biofeedback almost, if you like. And when you strategy and authority, these are the two things that if you can work with those, then it almost doesn't matter. Like it almost doesn't matter about the rest of your chart because that you're all going to come into alignment with everything else in your chart if you're doing your strategy and authority. Okay. Um, Can we do an example? I have my chart just for the fun. Go for it. So my authority is emotional solar plexus, which makes sense because I teach like somatic and yoga, right? So like that's not surprising. And then the strategy is invitation. So then how does that go together? Okay. So that means you're a projector. A projector strategy is an invitation. And what that means is that if you're an emotional being, okay, and you're looking for your strategies to get an invitation, an invitation is recognition. Okay. So it's a recognition of something within you. And with projectors, they're on the planet to be seen, to be acknowledged. So they want to be seeing and acknowledging themselves. They want to value who they are and what they do because then other people are going to do that and then they're going to give them invitations that say, okay, cool, I can see that you're really great at that thing. Can you help me with that thing? So let's say you get an invitation to go and run a somatic class for a business or something. Right, you've got an invitation. Now, the mind might go, yeah, well, we better take it. Oh, my God, we just better jump on it and do it. Your authority is going to be saying, okay, you're an emotional authority, so you want to sleep on it, you want to ride out the emotional wave. You're actually looking for clarity. So what you're waiting for Mm. is a moment of, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely going to do that. Oh, no, I'm definitely not going to do that. Or I need more information. What's so important for you is then in that emotional wave for you, then you'll know if that's actually the right invitation for you to take up. So it's like if you think about strategy and authorities, this communication loop between the universe and yourself, you know, it's that constant communication and guidance. That's where you're making your decisions from, not from the mind. <laughs> it's so interesting. Our latest episode yesterday was about connecting to your inner wisdom, which is yeah, that's right. Your yeses and your nose, your intuition, your yeah. gut, like all the signs that your body sends. And I was saying like, this is kind of my superpower. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the thing with human design as well is because it is all about, you know, when we talk about connecting to our inner wisdom, one of the things that we've not had language for is all the nuances of the inner wisdom. Whereas human design, especially through things like the gates and the channel, it gives us that, like what we need to pay attention to. Let me give Mm -hmm. you an example. Like, Yeah. So what are the gates and the channels? What are we talking about? The gates come from the Chinese I Ching. Okay. So the I Ching is the book of changes. There's 64 hexagrams within the I Ching. There are 64 gates in human design. And these hexagrams of the I Ching have also now been scientifically mapped back and proven to be connected to our DNA codons. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is where we actually realize that these more esoteric things are actually directly connected to our biology, if you like. Now, each one of these gates carries a theme. And that theme is going to be a subtle energy that you feel within your body. So for example, in a particular part of my chart, everyone has this part of their chart, we can find our core talent. Okay. And in my core talent, it's all about insights. It's about simplicity. It's about being the creative rebel. 
So there is this thing in me that I get a lot of downloads. I get a lot of these things that just drop into my head. In fact, my husband always laughs at me. I'm like, oh, here comes another epiphany. But there are these things. There's so many of these things that we all experience. But what human design has taught me to do is go, wow, that insight thing, that epiphany thing that I do all the time that I've always done, I actually really need to pay attention to that because that's my Mm. core talent. Whereas how else would we know that? My background is as a performance coach. So I've been getting people to find their purpose for years without any of this. And it's like throwing darts in the dark. You know, you've got no idea. Whereas with human design, all of a sudden the lights are on and you are really good at hitting that bullseye. Mm. And where do you find that on your chart? So if you're looking at your chart, you're going to see all the numbers that are in the shapes, okay? So the big shapes are the centers and then the numbers are the gates. Mm -hmm. And so then if you look at the two columns either side of your actual body graph, which is that picture with the shapes and the lines and the numbers, then there are all your gates, okay? The gates are also in particular planets. They're in the north and south node. That's what all those glyphs are on either side. Mm -hmm. Okay. So each one of those gates has a theme. There's something that it represents, you know, I mean, the gate of abundance or the power of the great or doubt. There's a bunch of different themes that each gate carries. And within each of one of those gates is kind of like your superpower. You might be expressing the shadow of it, so expressing it through fear. However, once you start to understand that there's a light, there's a higher expression of that energy, then that's when it becomes a superpower. I mean, one of the things that I hear so often with human design is, working with my clients or in my group programs, people trying to change something about themselves. They're trying to fix themselves or they're criticizing, like, I just can't change this thing. And in many cases, it's because it's their superpower. It's because the thing they're trying to change, they think is wrong with them, but actually it's not wrong with them at all. It's perfect. It's just that either they're resisting it, they're pushing it away, they've been conditioned to use it in a different way, they're expressing Mm. it through fear, something like that. When they start to understand the superpower, the higher expression of that energy, all of a sudden they're set free and they're like, wow, actually I'm meant to be that person. I'm meant to do that thing. (laughs) And then everything shifts and changes. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. It's like you just, instead of fighting to do something different, you lean into it and allow it just, you pivot slightly, right? You allow it differently, but now it's actually serving you. Yeah. It's because it's that question, right? Like, what if this wasn't a problem? What if this was actually a superpower? Mm. And once we start to change our perspective, we're like, oh, wow. So yeah, cool stuff. So each of those numbers in the two columns are in shapes. What are those shapes? Those shapes are the glyphs of planets. So that's where astrology comes in. So if we start from the top, you're looking like what we call your personality is on the right-hand side and your design is on the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. So the top two glyphs, for example, that's your sun and your earth, followed by the north and south node. And then that goes into each of the planets as we move, like the personal planets first and then the outer planets as you move down to finish with Pluto. So each one of those planets offers another theme, if you like. So this is where it's kind of similar to astrology. So there's variations. Yeah. So if you take your, in fact, give me your number in the top right-hand box, give me the number and then point whatever. So it's 40.1 pointing up. Great. So you've got the gate of aloneness in your personality sun. So a lot of the way that you're going to express out into the world is that you're here to provide resources, here to do the work that you want to do. It's a probably a more masculine energy 
uh, except it has its balance. So you've got the 37 underneath it, yeah? Mm-hmm. 37.1. Yeah. yeah. So that's the feminine. So that's the balance between the two. But you also, the get the 40 is very much about you need to be alone. You need to have time alone. So there's a lot that you're going to probably communicate out in the world is, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your alone time, make sure you have time to decompress. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be a lot of your message because it's also the work that you're putting out into the world is finding that balance of energy because the shadow of the 40 is exhaustion. And overlaying that you're a projector as well, it's like that's going to be a really big theme, how you use your energy or how energy is almost, I don't want to say taken from you because I don't believe in that, but the way that other people can sort of draw down on your energy yeah. is probably going to be a it big leaks. thing to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like energy yeah. leaks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very accurate. And everything I teach is focused for sensitive people because I am highly sensitive and we tend to struggle more with boundaries yeah. of energies and like not, you know, getting exhausted, burned out, overwhelmed, like everything is around that, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What I think is also interesting is that the 40 is fundamentally about energy and the use of energy, but it's also related to the gut. So you being a projector, meaning that you're a non-sacral being, meaning that that's also potentially an area of your chart where you know, energy is leaked from that you don't have energy to do the work. Maybe you want to work more hours, but you don't necessarily have the energy to do that. So that's going to be a large part of that, why you do what you do and why you teach what you teach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Okay. What else is there? There's a profile number that we haven't mm-hmm. really talked about. Mm-hmm. I think that's more path and purpose. Is that what it relates well, to? With your profile in the way we look at it is it's your how, it's your toolkit. Okay. So what are your numbers? You're a one. One, four. One, four. So as a one, four, that means that first and foremost, you need to make sure that you're with the right people. The four is all about being with your people. So that's your network, your community. Relationships are going to be the place where you carry the most safety and fear. So if you don't have relationships that you feel safe in, whether that's intimate relationships, family relationships, friendships, business relationships, then you're going to feel unstable. You're going to feel, you know, almost adrift a bit. Whereas when you feel stable in those relationships, in that community with those people, then you become this superpower of influence. You are an energy. The line four wants to lead from within. So this is where these are people who are changing the way others feel about other people. They're people who are using their influence to change the zeitgeist, if you like. So everything for you comes through your people. So that's opportunities, that's relationships, that's adventures. Like it's going to come through your people. These are the people that if they're out there marketing on Instagram, you're wasting your energy. You need to be talking to your friends, to your community, to your tribe, because everything that you need and want is going to come through those people. And then as a line one, the one is the investigator, whereas the four can be very about the other because it's what we call a transpersonal number. And you have a personal profile. It's a small number comes before the big number, which means that first and foremost, you have to be focused on your journey and then take what you learn to the other. When the big number comes first, it's all about whatever's going on in your life, go out and try and help someone else with it. And that's going to help you achieve whatever mm-hmm. you want to achieve. Okay. And as a line one, you're what we call like the book learner or the investigator or the researcher, someone who 
once you get onto something, you just want to go deep down that rabbit hole. You want to get all the answers. You want to learn all the things. You want to get certified. You want to have, you know, all of it. And it's this energy that you want to fill in all the blanks. And they're also, they're our authorities because they have all this information. They become an authority on whatever it is that they wanted to go down you know, that rabbit hole on. So for you, you also have the two, what we call foundational lines. You're going to feel a lot of insecurity if you have bad relationships and shaky foundations for you and for your life. But if you have strong foundations and strong relationships, then you're going to feel really powerful. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I moved away from home very young. I moved across the world. I got a divorce. Like I got rid of all the relationships or like, you know, in my life that was less supportive. And I definitely am a student. Like I'm a teacher, but I'm also very much a student and I always have been. And it's something that I feel will always be there in my Mm. process of things for sure. Yeah, I love that. And that's a line one. But also as a line one, you need to make sure that you don't let that need to gather information and knowledge stop you from taking action Mm -hmm. because line ones can get really paralyzed with, oh, I don't know enough, I don't have enough yet, which is rubbish. That's when you want to go back to your authority, go back to that solar plexus. And when you feel that emotional clarity to move forward, you move forward, whether your mind says you have enough or you don't. Yeah. I think my mind will always say that I don't have enough. Like that's usually, but you learn not to listen. You learn to be like, we're going to take the leap either way and we'll see what happens. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So there's a lot of information on the chart. If people look at it and kind of dig in a little bit more, how do we actually integrate it in our life? Like what does it look like to live Mm -hmm. our design? Yeah, this is a really, really good question. And I think it's where many human design teachers fall down. They teach the knowledge, but they don't teach the experiment. So the big thing about human design is that it was always intended to be an experiment. It was not here to be taught by a guru to tell you who you are. It's actually a framework that is for you to experiment with. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, when I first made this commitment to my experiment, what did that mean for me? Well, it meant that I had to stop making decisions with my head and I had to start making decisions with my emotional authority. I'm a a manifesting generator. So that also meant that I had to make decisions, you know, my strategies to inform and in response. So it didn't matter what I thought in my head, I had to have something external to respond to, to almost confirm what was going on. So very early on in my experiment, it's like, don't just believe me, you have to run the experiment. So I had a download. Whenever I get into any body of water or into the shower, all of a sudden, everything just drops in. All my insights drop in. And I just get this voice that tells me I need to change the name of my podcast to the Human Design Podcast. Like, all right, well, I'm running my experiment, so I can't act on this piece, but I'm going to write it in my journal. And at the time, my ego went crazy. It's like, you can't do that. You don't know enough. You're not an authority, like all the things in my ego. But I'm like, nope. I'm running the experiment. I'm looking to see if I can get results, repeatable results. Anyway, I'm on the phone to a mentor the next day and he literally says, someone needs to run a podcast about human design because there's no good ones out there yet. And I was like, okay, boom, because my sacral lit up, my emotional solar plexus said, yaha, let's go. So we just And you got the confirmation. Exactly. So you just have to follow it. Like you have to look for invitations. You need to be curious about, okay, what does an invitation look like to me? What does it feel like in my body? 
How do I know when it's correct for me? What does emotional clarity feel like? Look at decisions that you've made in the past that were good decisions. What did you feel like? How did you make that decision? Was your emotional solar plexus at play there? Was there an invitation there? So you have to actually physically do it. You have to run the things that you're learning. You have to, for me, talking about my core talent, my insights, I have to actually listen to my insights. You know, I have to pay attention to those things. And and when I do, what happens in my life? Well, everything goes exactly the way I want it. You know, like I've grown my entire business, which is very successful business, very successful podcast, all just by following my design and not necessarily ever running anyone else's strategies or marketing or anything like that. So Mm. it's actually physically putting skin in the game, running the experiments, seeing the results, doing it better next time, and then learning to trust your own guru, your inner guru, instead of asking everyone else external of you, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Does that make sense? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Can we look at a few examples? Let's say that in our life, we have a big transition coming or like we're really stressed right now with this challenging situation. Then how do we look at our chart to navigate? Like, can we look at a few different options? Okay. So let's start there. Let's say a really hard transition or a very challenging situation. I feel energetically, those are probably similar. What do we do with our chart to know what's my next step? What do I do? You know, one of the things I get a lot, I work a lot with my private clients on either transitioning from like a career or a corporate job into their own business or up-leveling that business. So having success and going to the next level. So these are at times where they actually, they've had all these strategies of how they need to do things, mental strategies, you know, like marketing plans or that sort of thing in a business, or this is how you grow a business or in a career, in a corporate environment, this is how you make decisions. This is how you succeed in a corporate environment. And then you have to kind of throw all that out the window and have a look at your design. And it's always, it always, always comes back to strategy and authority. You want to set your intention. So what is it that you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to feel? How do you want to live your life? That's the first thing we need, no matter what modality we're using we need to have the quantum work with us. So we need to have our focus on what we want, not on what we don't want, which is like 80% of the population, if not more, they're always focused on what they don't want. Yeah. So we want to be focused on, that's the first place you want to go. What do I want? And you don't have to have perfect clarity. You don't need to know all the details. You just might want to know, you know, one thing that I hear a lot is I hear successful clients like, I just want to retire my husband. I want to have all the money that I can travel the world and have massive impact with my business. So there's a goal. And then it's as simple as running that experiment, like letting your strategy and authority guide you. So let's say you're in that liminal space. You've decided that you want to start a business. Maybe you're a generator or a manifesting generator and you're on Instagram or a friend of yours shares a podcast with you and you're like, oh, wow, this is interesting. There's the sacral response. Boom. So follow the sacral response, like go down that rabbit hole, listen to that podcast. Then if one of your friends maybe says, oh, have you ever considered working with that person? And your sacral goes, oh, yeah, I've got energy for that. Great. So you just follow along. For a projector, for you, it's like, well, where are those invitations? And if there are no invitations for a projector, it means one of two things probably. One, you need to rest. You don't actually have the energy for the new job Mm. or to transition to the next place. I think that's one of the things that's the hardest for people to do. And it almost doesn't matter what type you are, but it's going to be more prevalent in a non-sacral being. So a manifester, a projector or reflector is that when you find yourself in this time of crisis, you want to hustle your ass to get to the other (laughs) side of the crisis. 
But the truth is, is that you probably need to rest. You probably need to recover. So you want to actually think about how can I take care of myself? What support do I need to put in place so that I have a bit of grace so that I can navigate this time? Because you're always there for a reason. And your strategy and authority and your design, like if you then have the opportunity to dive and the time to dive into your design, you're going to actually see that your shadows are playing out. So all your fears are playing out. And then you can use your human design to go, okay, cool. If that's my shadow expression, what's my higher expression? What do I need to be focusing on? So for me, I'm going to use that gate 40 because gate 40 is you as well. So this is for you. So when you're in a shadow of your gate 40, it's all about exhaustion. You know, I'm exhausted. I can't do anything. Everyone's just taking my energy from me. I'm just trying to force myself to do things. What am I going to do instead? Well, I'm going to think about the higher expressions of the 40. And that's all about balancing my energy. That's all about being connected to the things that I love to do. It's all about doing nothing, you know? (laughs) So these are the things I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on these higher expressions because when I'm focusing on the higher expressions of myself, then I'm actually starting to work through all my shadow. When my shadow comes back up, I start to lean into it and I heal it. I see it. I acknowledge it. I own it. Like, yep, that is in me. For me personally, with a 40, I used to give my energy away to everybody. I'm like, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. No problem. (laughs) Exactly. Whereas now I have really tight boundaries, like really, really tight, solid boundaries on my energy. Because even though I'm an MG and we're known for having a lot of energy, I am very 50-50. I have a lot of energy when I'm on, but I also need a lot of recovery time. So that's really how you start to navigate it. Because once you start to know yourself and you know your strategy and authority and you know where you want to go... If during that time you start to dive into your profile, okay, so for you, you're a one four. We've done that. I'm a three five. So what are the experiences as a line three? What are the experiences am I having? What do I need to heal as a line five? So you start to understand the nuances of your design. And it's almost like it gives you action points for healing or action points for moving Mm. forward. And the universe is going to keep delivering, you know, breadcrumbs for you to keep moving along this journey. And as you're moving along this journey to the future self you're becoming, you're actually getting more and more and more in alignment with your design, which means, as I said right at the beginning, what are we doing? We are minimizing resistance, increasing flow, getting out of the head and into the body. You're learning to listen to the subtle energy, which is a lot, as it says, more subtle than the (laughs) mind, which is very loud and impactful. So it's really helping you trust yourself through the process and trust that it might look the same on the outside that your conditioning is like, oh my God, I should freak out. But actually you start to trust the body and go, "Mm, no, I'm exactly where I need to be. This is exactly where I'm going. I feel, although I have no idea about the certainty of the exact actions or the exact destination, I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be and I'm heading in the right direction. So I hope that answers your question. Hmm. Yeah. I just want people to start to think about like, what are the steps that they can take to use their chart? Like whatever, if it's not a difficult transition, maybe it's they want to improve a relationship or they want to call in a new relationship or, you know, so like just having kind of a map of like, okay, what do I want? You know, where do I go yeah. from there? Well, they can always go to my podcast because we've actually just done a whole series of roadmap of exactly that. But ultimately, if I'm to simplify all of it for you, it's to know yourself better. Like mm-hmm. ultimately, if you're in a time of crisis, you want to know yourself better. If that time of crisis, you know, includes another person because it's a relationship, it's also to know them better. You know, one of the universal principles, the golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated. Well, human design throws that out and says, treat others as they're designed to be treated. 
And when you can actually see a person as they are, not as you perceive them to be, Mm. it's hugely, hugely empowering for both you and that other person. So ultimately, the simple thing is the better you know you, the more authentic you'll be and the more you're going to live the life that you came here to live. Mm. Yeah, that is a good goal and like something that we can totally strive to move towards. Like it's definitely something we can do. There's so many practices and so many things that help us go in that direction. And I love that this is an extra tool and it's not just like knowledge, it's knowledge you can apply to your everyday choices, actions, and impact the results that you get. Yeah. And it gives you that ultimate permission slip. I think that this is the thing that's most important about human design is it gives you that ultimate permission slip to be you. And then go through that process of letting go, letting go of the conditioning, letting go of who you should be, letting go of what you should do and how you should behave and actually being you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you were talking about the other person in relationship and treating them the way they were designed, for me, it sounded like very compassionate and like the way you describe it towards yourself too. It's like, there's so much acceptance and using your strength for the better and looking at the shadows and seeing how can those serve you too, instead of, you know, fighting against them and like using and approaching all this with like a much more loving perspective for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, because at the end of the day, the goal of the human race, like if we really, really want to fulfill what I believe is our next job. And that is to create this new paradigm that this new world that really is loving and resourceful and, you know, there's connection and real community. Then we have to have that love and acceptance in our internal reality. If we don't have it for ourselves, like our world is only an external representation of our internal reality. What human design gives us is that ability to let go of all the things that are not love and acceptance. And to love all the parts of ourselves, to love and to realize that not only do the good, the bad and the ugly deserve love, but the things that you've probably been criticizing yourself for are also your superpower. It's how you're Mm -hmm. here to serve. So I like that change of perspective for sure. It's powerful. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? We're already almost at the end. If there's something, there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with or something I haven't asked that I should have asked. Look, honestly, I think it's that piece like at the end of the day, we're at a time where the whole world is in a little bit of chaos and a little bit of crisis. And for us to navigate through this new world, we have to shift the power from the few to the many. We have to all be empowered. We have to believe in Mm -hmm. ourselves. We have to believe in love. We need to actually come together. We need to stop being governed by fear. And ultimately, that's what human design, in my opinion, is here to do, is to empower us all to trust, love, and accept ourselves. And in turn, when we do that, we will do that for the other. And that the power will no longer lie in the hands of just a few people. It will Mm. be in all of us because that's where it is. I mean, we actually have the power because we are the many. So, yeah, at the end of the day, that's the piece for me. Like dive in, enjoy the ride, get to know (laughs) yourself really well, and do whatever it is you came here to do because we need you. We need all of you empowered right now. That's a beautiful invitation. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, what's going on in your world? What's the best place for people to find you if they want to ask more questions or work with you in some capacity? Where do they go? Amazing. So the first place to go is the Human Design Podcast. Mm. And if you don't have your chart already, go grab the free chart off my website, which is emmadunwoody.com. 
And then, yeah, you can head over there. At the moment, I think when this goes to air, we will have just run a human design made simple Masterclass. masterclass. And the replay might still be up. So we'll share the link so that you can follow that. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram as the human design coach and on my website, which is emmadunwoody.com. So yeah, plenty of places. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Emma, for your time today. That was lovely. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode or the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on to someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave your review to say thank you, I will give you access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. Find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 177. And before you go, I want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast and their support for making this possible. And that includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.